a show for the Monero community, where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Good morning, guys. Monero Mac, I've been waiting for the show, getting hyped on green tea all morning. Me too. I've been actually drinking green tea today. Taking a break from the coffee, huh? Yeah, I've been a little sick this week. For whatever reason, whenever I'm sick, I just move to green tea. I don't know why. Um, but it doesn't really... Is it placebo? I, or... I, mm. No, it's got caffeine. Green tea has caffeine. Um, it also has... Uh, was it have L-theanine? I guess it. I guess it is. It's supposed to be like a, a nice, like calming, soothing effect. So it's it's kind of nice. It's it's more balanced than coffee because you get the the caffeine plus you get this like chill out effect from the L-theanine. Upper um, and downer at the same time. <laughs> you're breaking even. You're basically right where you started. It's like, but yeah, it doesn't like. It's good, but it's it's like I'm trying to start the engine, but like the engine never fully starts on the on the green tea. Monero Mac, I don't know what your experience is. Maybe you can jump up and tell us later. Would be awesome to add some green tea to gratuitous. They actually, we actually tried doing that at one point because they they grow green tea in Guatemala. Oh, which really? I thought was interesting. Yeah, because I, I thought it only came from uh, you know like China area, um, but they they grow it down in Guatemala, which is pretty cool. Interesting. Not that we couldn't get it from China, but it, I think it'd be uh, a little more difficult. So what's going on? Yeah, just been a little bit busy this week, but not not much. You have been busy. I know you've been busy. I, I could yeah. tell. I could tell you've been busy. Um, all right. Well, we got a busy show today, and hopefully our special guest shows up because I'm really excited about this one. Uh, we have the Cuban warrior who's going to come on and talk about his funding proposal on Kuno. We spoke about it like two weeks ago on the show. He is proposing or looking to essentially build a mesh a mesh network down in Cuba. Uh, where people, I believe people would pay like small payments in Monero to join and use the mesh network as well. And plus he's using Monero to fund the, the building of this, of, this, uh, of this network. And it would allow people to essentially access the internet without censorship. Because as we know, in Cuba, um, the residents down there don't get the full internet. So would love to have him come. I mean, this is in my mind, this is like Monero at its best, right? In terms of use case, what it's it's like we're using Monero to fund this project that you wouldn't be able to fund otherwise, right? Where people from around the world can pitch into this. Um, and then what it's providing at the end of the day, which is access to the internet for those who don't currently have access, right? I mean, it's it's super ideal. But I will say. The thing with the Kuno, we don't really, we don't really know, right? We don't know how legit people are. That's my, that's my only, my only concern because it's just so easy to start a Kuno, which is fantastic. We're seeing all these things pop up, but we we need a way of like vetting people, right? Yeah, and I mean that's that is like unfortunately, like while you know privacy, ease of use, that's like paramount and important. Unfortunately. We do have that unintended side effect of like, oh, now, yeah, 
that part of the concern that's always overblown by the government of, oh, people not being legitimate or whatever. There is some real concern from that and that, oh, you know, we don't really yeah. know if these people are lying or they're making something. I've already seen some fundraisers, which is very obviously not real. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think for like Cuban warriors, especially like if they, if they're showing like everything they're doing and they're someone who's been in the community, community for a certain amount of time and like multiple people can vouch them for them. And yeah, I think at that point it's pretty reasonable to support that. Right, which is why I wanted to bring him on the show too. I think I think we can become part of this vetting process. So whenever we see a fundraiser like this, uh, happy and eager to bring people up and kind of let them prove themselves. Um, now that being said, also he we want him to protect his safety, right? So if he does come on, he's not going to be using his camera. He may not be able to show like too many photos. So there's, there's that aspect too. So it makes it really hard to like properly vet people. Um, because at the end of the day, this guy's asking for 12 XMR. In theory, if what he's doing is legit, I mean, he should get that funding over- overnight. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. if he's a scammer, it's like really, that's like horrible. Yeah. Know? It's like yeah. taking advantage of. Um, but knock on wood, I, ho- I hope he's legit and hopefully he comes on today and he can prove himself. Um, but yeah, let, let's make moves because he's supposed to come on and I want to get him on sooner than later because Martha Bueno is supposed to join us as well. And she, as those who have watched the show, have probably seen Martha on before. Uh, she is of Cuban descent. She's into Monero. She was the opening speaker at Monerotopia One in Miami. And she is very interested in this project as well. So she's going to jump on and she'll also... Uh, hopefully act as our interpreter and she could help uh, translate if need be. So uh, let's let's get it going. So we'll do price report. And then maybe after price report, we try to jump into special guests if he's up on stage. All right, sweet. Let's do it. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer to peer. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing this lovely morning? Good, good, good. Chilling. It's a rainy New York day. It's been a lot of rain the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you guys cool. been flooded, huh? Oh my God, yeah, yeah. How you doing, yeah, buddy? What I've, what I've started drinking it, it during nighttime is not um, green tea, but just like, I don't know, lavender or whatever is in the box. You know, you just make some hot water and toss it in there because it's got no caffeine, but um, I don't know. It's just better than plain water, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Does it help you sleep? I mean, they have they have those like herbal ones that supposedly help you sleep, but I don't really. Um, yeah, I've tried some of those. I I don't really. I haven't noticed a difference. Probably they work for some people. Maybe it's got that um, uh, the placebo. They've got that placebo ingredient or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't really noticed the difference. You know what I tried one time was um was tart uh, tart cherry juice. Apparently, like if you take a spoonful of that, it's got a whole bunch of melatonin in it, like two or three uh, milligrams oh maybe like five I, milligrams i drink that quite often actually yeah, i didn't even <laughs> realize okay yeah you probably don't want to drink it if you're trying to be awake and active um it's usually better before bed yeah no i drink it at night but the thing, i mean it has a lot of sugar though too you know that's the only thing so I could, if, yeah. yeah yeah i kind of wondered about that too but uh well let's get into uh to price let's um, do it Let's see. We had a, on Friday. We had like a pretty big reaction, like rebound across the board on on most assets. Really, 
um, crypto stocks, even gold had had a little bit of bounce. Um, let's cover a little bit of news real quick, price news. Um, so the SEC lost their appeal against SR, uh, XRP um, effectively. So if you remember, XRP basically won that case. Um, yes, there was. they are going to get fined somewhat, I think, for um, having sold securities. Uh, but as you all know, it was only like <laughs> they only considered the securities that were sold to institutional investors. And apparently now there's a bit of an end around where if you can make a backroom secret deal with an exchange um, to, quote unquote, buy your tokens from you and then distribute them to plebs, which is kind of what happens with shitcoins regardless anyways all the time. Like that's that's just what's going on. Um, and yes, you know, that's just Bowdy's wild speculation. It's the holy sanctified crypto ecosystem would never do such a thing. But I'm here to tell you that they do such a thing. That's like the, the standard because there's just so few regulations, um, especially with these off offshore exchanges. Anyway, so the SEC um, was trying to appeal that decision. They lost the appeal. And it looks like um, it, in a lot of ways, this is good for crypto. It's good for um, it's good for freedom. Like, yes, XRP. I don't like them. They're kind of scammers, 100 percent pre mine, et cetera. Um, and false marketing which is kind of what I think, you know, in a just world, you would go after XRP and say, no, you falsely, you falsely marketed. It is not the thing that you say it is. Um, you have these fake partnerships uh, anyways. So, but in general, at least the market has the freedom and people have the freedom. It looks like that direction is slowly moving, um, that people will have the freedom to decide if they want to participate in scams or not, if they want to get scammed. And in the reality, so sorry, I'm being a little bit philosophical this morning, I guess, but the reality is that, mm with cryptocurrency and with the ability to have these distributed ledgers that you can't prevent people from accessing um we can no longer rely on the government if we ever could to prevent us from getting scammed the only thing that keeps you from getting scammed is um learning how not to get scammed so um anyways uh, that that's kind of important um you know i haven't even looked at xrp price uh, hopefully i'll remember when we get to crypto I, I doubt it's actually done much i think i like glanced at it and it like pumped a tiny bit but it didn't do much after that um, okay, so let's go ahead and get into, um, let's start with gold, because we talked a little bit about gold last week, and I wanted to follow up on that. So um, you can, on Trocador, go directly from uh, from Monero into PaxG. So that's kind of cool. Uh, right. You can also do that on Cake. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vic was jumping in last week, right? And so, and then I think you can you can store it on, on Cake now as well. Because it's uh, yeah, so it, it seems like they've got Ethereum, and now I guess they've got ERC twenties uh, as well as a result. So um, that's pretty cool. That is awesome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Trocador is really cool. Also, um, I forgot to mention last week they have a um, they have a an onion link. So and you don't have to use scripts. You can turn off your scripts. Use an on onion link. Go to Tor or sorry, go to Trocador over Tor and uh, and be completely private like there are so few websites that i found in, in crypto that, that you so few exchanges in crypto that you can use over tour without um and without scripts being activated like that's again the key thing because the attack that pones almost like like 90 percent of the attacks that pones people on tour are related to scripts so um like if you really yeah, need a solid go ahead oh uh, just a javascript it's like the evil of the web ah yes sorry javascript specifically yeah javascript um, the evil of the web that somehow powers everything. I, I wonder about that. <laughs> uh, okay, so okay, we got gold here, and um, you'll notice that price kind of like stopped at this very first resistance line and took a bounce. We're on the underside of the the moving average cluster uh, on the wave magic. Um, the way that they treat gold and um, the way that the the potential that could be unfolding again, it's still very early to say this, but the potential that we could have some recession. Um, 
and and potentially again a market pullback. I'm I'm right now kind of having to challenge my thesis a little bit on on the continue down through the end of year, but um, it's definitely not invalidated at this point. Like I would still say it's more likely on the table than not. But at any rate, um, with the way that that gold acts, the way they treat gold, I would kind of expect this. Um, this resistance line, or sorry, support line to break down um, to, to the lower one at some point and to probably test these um, these lower standard deviations, at which point this is probably a really good place to pick up some gold. Although, um, you know, slightly more responsible if you're, if you're moving, like if you're reallocating positions in a broad sense, not just trading, but like rebalancing your stack every so often, zero to three times a year, something like that, four times a year, um, you, would, you would maybe pick up a little bit down here when, when we touch that line. Um, that would have been a reasonable thing to say, okay, I'm going to buy 30% of my my allocation um, at this point. So um, yeah, that's gold there. We still got uh, government bonds. This is the 10-year yield um, spiking up. Uh, we'll go a little bit out of order here, but um, this is the overall yield curve. And you'll notice we continue to move to the upside. Uh, let's go to the daily. That's the monthly. Yeah, so yields continue. The, the yield curve inversion continues steadily coming to the upside. This is not a good signal. Um, this would signal some kind of like potential for major crash, but we're not there yet. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to be the, the boy who called uh, crash market crash here uh, on camera today. But um, what you can see is that the long term yields are actually closing. What, what's happening is the, the short term yields are basically flat, like they've been flat for really almost since May. Uh, May or June, whereas the long-term yields are starting to uh, to recover to that upside. So um, I think we should get a Fed Federal Reserve uh, rate hike <clears throat> here, maybe if not next month, um, uh, or sorry, if not this month, then uh, the next. Actually, let's take a look at when the next meeting is. So that would be the 31st oh, Halloween. All right, the ghouls will come out. They will have their um, they'll have their meeting. Their Fed meeting, we'll get to see the the prime ghoul himself, Jay Powell, scare us all with whatever uh, monetary measures he intends to take uh, on on Halloween. Okay, so dollar index, um, it's taking a little bit of a pullback, but um, you've still got this kind of like long term rising trend line. You'll notice this is a bit of a new line that I've drawn. Um, overall, you know this line is still intact. Um, it would be a bit surprising to me to see the convergence here of this rising line and this horizontal line as well, um, not provide some kind of support and maybe push dollar back up um, to the top side here a little bit. Um, that's so I'll show you a little bit. So here's the here's the Nasdaq. When the dollar has pulled back over the past couple of days, the Nasdaq on Friday just like really pumped. Um, so in terms of this head head and shoulders, it kind of like oscillated around the uh, the shoulder point um, or sorry, the excuse me, the neckline point. Um, and then now it kind of like pumped above it. Whereas if we look at the S&P, um, it's basically still below that neckline. So interestingly, the, the NASDAQ just continues to do better than the S&P. And that's kind of an indication, uh, again, a reason to challenge my thesis, a reason to say, hey, here's a point against the notion that, um, uh, that stocks and crypto and risk assets are, are going to move slowly to the downside through the end of year. Um, particularly, this is the NASDAQ divided by the S&P. And this looks like a fairly bullish chart, as we talked about last week. So um, it's, it's, it is kind of weird to watch a wave magic chart just pump to the upper standard deviation cluster and then uh, hang out there and then continue pumping. That's not typically what it does. Um, we can also take a look a little bit here at the wave magic on just the individual, the S&P and the NASDAQ. Um, they did, they actually re redid the way they calculate the NASDAQ. Um, it, it was because 
too many, or shouldn't say too many, too few companies were representing too much market cap of the NASDAQ. Um, like the way that they um, make that calculation, the way they do the weighting, um, because it's just been a handful of stocks of the major big tech companies, you know, like the Fangs, if you've heard of that, like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix. I don't, I don't know if Netflix is in that one anymore, but uh, Google or Alphabet now. And also, of course, uh, Tesla. So um, it's like just been a few companies that have really pumped hard to make the majority of those gains. Um, but it's interesting because people like a large portion of investment goes straight into the NASDAQ, straight into the S&P. People realized um, decades ago that, that uh, it's better to, to buy a lot of different stocks um, and to just kind of buy the market as opposed to trying to pick individual stocks, which is much harder to do. Anyways, okay, so that's kind of you know what the S&P and the, and the NASDAQ are. They changed the calculation on the NASDAQ. Um, so we're looking here at the wave magic. Uh, again, white bands are moving averages, blue are upper standard deviation, and orange is lower standard deviation. So right now, if I'm just like looking at this purely from um, the uh, tea leaf wave magic kind of kind of perspective here, I look at this and I say, hey, this is a chart which pumped to the upper upper standard deviation bands. It was unable to get any higher. Um, found support. Again, you, this, you'll see this very often. You'll see the asset pump to some kind of local high. Um, it'll take a pullback. It'll try to get higher and it'll get stopped out by this sort of uh, slowly descending cluster of move, uh, moving standard deviations. Right now, what you're seeing is sort of a retest of this lower uh, the lower standard deviation band, wave magic would suggest that this is probably going to fail and come back to the downside. So that's again, um, sometimes, you know, compartmentalize your analysis, right? Look at something just from the perspective of the tool itself, and then try to integrate that in, into a larger picture if you can. And I, the ideal situation, of course, being that everything is lining up or most things are lining up and they're all pointing the same direction or they're, well, they're all at least moving towards a similar direction. Um, so we have kind of a similar case with the NASDAQ, but as we talked about, um, the NASDAQ has been much stronger. Still, though, this is this is the kind of action that I would be I, I would be hesitant. It would be hard to call it one way or another because this is action where where you can actually find support at these lower bands here, do some more consolidation, and then pump back to the upside. So. If that's happening, my hope would be that we could see that in real time. We would see the NASDAQ start to look very optimistic again, and we could say, all right, uh, bear thesis is off the table. Let's get back into the markets. Let's get long. So um, that's, uh, that's kind of one way of looking at it. Um, again, it's the I hope that things move slow enough that they present a clear um, technical pattern that, that we can leverage. Uh, we can also look here at the... Um, the global liquidity and the Fed liquidity, you'll notice the Fed liquidity pumped back up um, basically to, the, to, to its local highs. Um, so that probably helped to drive the stock market up a little bit. You know, again, you'll notice that that liquidity pumped. And I think um, the main factor in that was the overnight repurchase agreements um, dipped back down again. So um, we've gone from at this point, we've gone from a maximum of like two and a half trillion um, and we've lost over one point. Uh, Two trillion dollars, um, and that money has gone somewhere. It doesn't seem like it's gone into bonds. I don't think it's really. Maybe a little bit has gone into bonds. The rates are actually um, pretty high, so um, maybe maybe quite a lot of it is hanging out in bonds. Um, but certainly a lot of that has gone into stocks as well. So down here on the bottom, we've got Z scores. You'll notice that gold has taken a pretty big dip relative to um, you know to its performance over the past uh, year or so. Um, I think. Let me take a look. Yeah. So we're looking at hundred day. Uh, Z-scores are based on like standard deviations and moving averages. So we're looking at the 100-day moving average and the 100-day upper, or sorry, the 100-day standard deviation 
of the price here. So what this tells you is how is price doing relative to how volatile it is. So in other words, we can overlay them all because Z-scores center around zero. You know, we're looking at things relative to the moving average. Um, and then we're saying, okay, um, what is the difference of the standard deviation to the moving average? And then um, you basically, how many, basically how many standard deviations away is the current price away from the from the moving average. Uh, I know that's kind of verbose. Uh, I apologize for that. Okay, so we've got gold here. You know, as we've, as we've seen, has, has taken a, a dip. Dixie has gone up. Stocks have gone down. Crypto is kind of making a little bit of recovery here. Crypto is actually looking optimistic. Um, quickly, oil. Uh, luckily, this is what we want to see. We didn't want to see this thing just pump to the upside. That would be bad, bad news. Um, so we're seeing this um, stay in this channel. This is good. Um, overall, you know, we kind of know that with inflation, oil is going to have to generally trend itself to the upside. Um, but you know, the longer that that can be staved off, um, the better because you know, I mean, it, it'd be better for us to get some gains um, than to see energy prices uh, go higher. That means you're paying more for gas, etc. Um, Bitcoin and Ethereum combined um, combined market cap chart uh, is is looking again like this is this is looking optimistic. Um, Let's see. Let's. Uh, that's the volume on the bottom. We'll look at the volume, and that's the Coinbase volume for Bitcoin and Ethereum combined. To me, it seems like Coinbase is like the largest legitimate U.S. exchange that does the most volume. Um, they're they're not entirely honest, but they have to be honest enough because you know they have some regulator pressure. So, um, may, I would like to look at Kraken, Kraken volume as well, but I I don't know how much. I don't know how much we can trust um, that their volume is truly representative of the market because it does seem like people just like the, the pleb goes to Coinbase. They're like, Bitcoin? Oh, I'll go to Coinbase and, and buy there. So um, anyways, but uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we are kind of like looking at um, we're, we're looking at uh, like it's like the market wants to get higher. We've, we've now kind of got this rising trend line going on here. Um, it, it doesn't look like it, it looks optimistic, but I, I wouldn't call this like this doesn't look to me like incredibly um, like like bullish, right? Um, it, it could be possible, I guess. I mean, this thing could continue going up. You've got this wick here. You've got this continued positive action. But, oh, sorry. But but the, the problem to me is the volume is so low right here. I think this is market makers jacking the market around to the upside, to the downside. They're, you know, hunting, hunting the stops, hunting the liquidation points, hunting the shorts and longs. Um, and it's much easier for them to do when volume is very low, right? They don't have to throw nearly as much of their uh, of their monetary weight around to 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 make a big influence on this chart um, and on the, and on the prices of cryptocurrency assets. So um, you'll notice if we go all the way back to um, as far as we can, uh, at least as far as this chart will let me, uh, you'll notice that our volumes and this is a two week moving average of volume. So this is kind of like the the overall picture. You'll notice that the volumes here on Bitcoin and Ethereum combined are very low. Um, like we're talking about bear markets, uh, bear market lows uh, from the last time uh, down here. Uh, actually, the bear market lows last time had very high volume, but uh, just in general, like the lowest lows of volume on the bear market last time is basically where we're at now. So um, I wouldn't call that a good sign, but um, if we see this thing like chop sideways for a while and maybe we see price slowly, slowly recover, um, that's one thing I've noticed. It's a pattern I've noticed with volume that if price slowly starts recovering as volume is basically low, that's typically a good sign. That's like actually it's saying, hey, um, all of your big sellers and the big selling pressure has largely washed out um, and and people are kind of slowly accumulating now. So uh, it, it is possible that this is a good sign in combination here, even though that the volume is very low. Um, and even though the, that makes it easy for market makers to, um, you know, to, to move price 
um, and, and do a lot of shorts and uh, sorry, long and short stop hunting. Uh, so, okay, that should be about it for the macro. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, we got some, I think we got some unemployment numbers um, on Friday, basically unchanged. This, this is one of those things where, again, you would, um, you would expect this thing to spike up significantly if you were expecting a recession. Like, obviously, we had the, um, the event, which shall not be mentioned, event 201 spike uh, that happened in March of 2020, where no one was working anymore for some odd reason. Um, and then you saw the same thing like back here with the, um, with the financial crisis of 2008. Uh, when you get recessions, you get spikes in unemployment. So um, you, you can notice like over time, like what do you get? You get this downtrend, kind of slowly flattens out, slowly moves to the upside, and then bam, just like everyone gets unemployed all of a sudden. Um, maybe too much mad gains, who knows? So if this thing spikes up, that's a sign that we're looking for that would indicate recession. One of the interesting things that's a counterpoint to that is that the GDP – um, and we haven't covered this. I don't think the GDP was 4.86 um, last time we checked last quarter. Um, that would be Q2 GDP. Um, or no, wait, that'd be Q1. That would be Q1. Uh, sorry, Q <laughs> getting ahead of myself. That would be Q3 GDP. Um, so, and then what you'll notice is that this GDP is higher than the inflation rate. Now, I tried to see if I could find some shadow stats scripts if, that someone might have wrote, um, because obviously inflation is not actually <laughs> three to four percent. Um, but um, in a nominal sense, from what uh, you know, what the cabal says, um, we actually have a GDP that is higher than the inflation rate now. So that would that would mean that real rates are actually positive, which is something that Jay Powell has said. Um, and uh, and it's kind of like this would this would sort of go in the camp of the theory that we're not going to have a recession, that it is different this time, um, that they've got the GDP up, that they've got the inflation down. Um, and they've got like all of these tricky monetary means that they've developed over the course of decades um, to like finesse the market where they want. Um, I, you know, we'll, let's just wait and see. Right. Let's see if we see some more of these signals like the unemployment rate. Does that end up spiking up? Do, do we see the signs, the warning signs of the bond market? Um, you know, I, I don't think that they'll be able to stop those things, especially the bond market, because the bond market is so large. Um, when those signs hit, I don't think they can control that. I think that's basically the way that those dynamics play out. With um, with spiking, sorry, with yields cratering again, because if if you're an insider and you know the market's about to fall and risk is about to go, you know, into the toilet, um, you're going to get into these high yielding bonds as soon as you can, um, because as soon as people, everyone else starts buying these high yielding bonds, the yields start crashing, and you don't want to be the dude that got in there. You don't want to be the family office, the the plebstitution that got in there, uh, you know, at like two percent interest rates when you could have had a guaranteed, you know, four to five percent interest rate while the market um, washes out potentially. Um, so, and then again, you know, if we, if we see this big spike in, in the yield curve inversion, uh, that's another sign for us that, Hey, this is, this could be coming. So, uh, yeah, you know, just like keep your head on a swivel there. It's, it's hard because it's like, it'll be boring and nothing is happening for months. And then suddenly something happens. You're like, well, crap, I was on vacation or I was working on a project and I wasn't paying attention, you know, yada, yada. All right. Let's take a look at the Bitcoin market cap dominance. Um, so one thing I wanted to point out here, and I don't know why I haven't pointed this out sooner uh, to myself, most of all, is that the collapse of FTX has actually seen a significant rise in Bitcoin dominance, almost as if FTX was helping to prop up some high market cap shitcoins. Um, right now, Sam Bankman, Sam the Bankman is on trial. Uh, I think it's like day three in his trial. And um, there are some there are opinions everywhere. Apparently, the jury doesn't look quite good for him. I think that his best chance is to hang the jury on. Um, there's like a banker that, that's sitting on the jury, and so there's like this struggle 
to present Sam as if he's like this autistic nerd genius that got in over his head and, you know, made some bad decisions and made some mistakes. Poor guy, you know, you got to feel for him. Or if he was like this criminal mastermind that um, that knew he was taking thirty seven billion dollars from Tether. To, I don't think Tether's a part of the trial, by the way. That's just me being um, colorful exaggeration. Um, but anyways, is he like you know this evil genius that siphoned off all these funds and knew that he was insider trading and uh, and that he uh, like so? Here's another thing that came out during the trial that I've been saying and people that investigate this stuff have been saying forever. Um, Alameda had a timing advantage. They were allowed to get their orders in just a little bit faster than everyone else. And like we've talked about before, the exchanges and the market makers have special privileges on these exchanges and they front run what the plebs are doing, right? So um, that's that's just like, that's one of the reasons we see wild swings in the prices of crypto because if real, uh, real buying demand is coming into an exchange, they can see that and their little bots get in before you do and you pay just a little bit higher than everyone else. And everyone pays just a little bit higher than everyone else. And uh, and then, of course, the market makers um, take that spread and they get that advantage. And so you get these wild pumps because in addition to what the plebs are doing and what institutions might be doing, you've also got these big market makers that can really, really move price when they want to. Um, so you get this like compounding effect on both the upside and the downside. So anyways, Bitcoin maximalists, here's your chart. This says it all right here. November uh, FTX collapses and then Bitcoin dominance uh, starts going to the upside. Um, so what was that because of fractional reserve Bitcoin? Probably not. It's just that they pumped everything and Bitcoin was one of them. They, they more, they pumped shit coins more than Bitcoin. Um, that's just what your friends at Tether do. I know how much the maximalists love Tether. Okay. So this chart, um, you would like from wave magic, you would say that this is kind of resistance area right here. Um, but, uh, you know, if we are re-entering re a bear market and there is no FTX to like, um, keep the shitcoin supported. Maybe we could see Bitcoin dominance uh, finally make it and sustain above 50% for a while. Um, do, do, we can look at total says basically about the same picture, um, right? Because the Bitcoin dominance has been relatively flat for you know months now. So overall total is going to say is a very similar picture to um, to the dominance there. Maybe we can look at XRP USD just to give it a, a check since they won that appeal. Yeah, yeah. See, nothing. Nothing. XRP, the, the whole chart is littered with um, with massive pumps like this. Uh, what is that? 100%. And then they just bleed out slowly over time. However, um, because of their victory here, there is some speculation that the next bull market, XRP, might actually be a beneficiary since they were poor guys were left out in the cold this last bull market. I got a feel for them. Okay, Monero, finally, at last, we come to Monero. Um, so, this chart, as we talked about, kind of hanging out these lower standard deviations that should act well as support. And we have now broken through the um, that line right here um, that we were talking about that looks like, hey, it looks like we might have broke that. Okay, so that's good. You know, we're kind of on our way up. Um, I do look at Monero often regularly as a proxy for the real dynamic of the real demand in crypto. Um, the, you know, because as we talked about all these other charts, these other shit coins can be kind of faked and moved and pumped around. Um, whereas Monero, as we know, they, they don't really like it to, to gain the spotlight and attention. They mine at a loss with their with their Monero miner and their backroom deals with, I guess, um, <laughs> I guess Bitmain and uh, whoever's running it now. Um, Jihan got kicked out long ago. Uh, so anyways, I would I would. Not be surprised to see Monero continue rising here. Um, I mean, we're, we are at a bit of what you would call resistance with this this moving uh, this moving average cluster. Um, but moving average moving average clusters don't have to act necessarily as stark 
resistance or support. Um, they can, especially when they're very well formed um, and especially in a macro sense. But right now, this isn't exactly a macro sense chart, especially since we're really just oscillating in between the upper and upper and lower standard deviation bands. So it would be completely unsurprising to watch Monero move to the top side here and uh, find some resistance in this uh, in this blue bands. Um, we are seeing Monero Bitcoin continue to um, do nothing, <laughs> but uh, but at least you know. So we saw this like big spike to the downside. This spike happened when crypto got optimistically pumped, and then you know Monero kind of followed. So the fact that um, that you know that kind of thing happened there on the Monero Bitcoin chart says to me that hey, maybe there really is some demand happening here in crypto, right? Maybe there really is some real organic buying happening when, as we see Monero kind of move to the upside. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, I think it's all totally organic buying and, uh, you know, with the Pepe uh, holding his throat, looking to the heavens. Um, but perhaps uh, perhaps there is some real buying here. Uh, Monero versus Ethereum um, continuing to be mildly positive. We uh, are basically we've curled um, the, the chart here. The, the upper standard deviation blue bands have sort of curled to the upside just a little bit. And this is something that I also look for in charts and wave magic. When you see um, whether it's the upper or the lower standard deviation bands start to curl one direction um, and prices trending above or below that direction, um, that's usually a sign that you're going to continue kind of moving along that trajectory. Um, there is resistance that could be found here at the very top of these uh, lower standard deviation bands. Like you can see, we're basically still in this um, kind of large uh, band structure. Um, at at maximum, I would I would expect Monero to find some pretty stark resistance here at the top side of of that uh, upper standard deviation bands. Um, so yeah, that, that that actually looks pretty good. Um, maybe we can get some relative gains. Um, we are seeing the divergences for the past week have been hanging out to the top side uh, and not to the downside. Um, looks like there's no volume. No one is taking longs or shorts on Bitfinex on Monero. And why would you? Um, why would you be able to trust them unless you're an insider? And then finally, we've got the Monero dominance. Um, I like this green candle right here. Uh, it's really not anything to speak of at the moment, but I like it, right? It puts us very, very close to that um, to that uh, very long-term uh, sloping, downsloping resistance. So again, we want to see this thing break to the upside. We want to see just a little bit of confirmation right here. Um, and with the way the charts are setting up here, with uh, Monero having strength against Ethereum, with Monero, I mean, I assume, I presume that this chart will break to the upside eventually. It looks like it wants to break to the upside. But, but, but if the market is not going to go to the downside, if the market is actually going to go to the upside and crypto is about to go to 30 or 40 or 50,000, um, then this chart probably is not going to do things that we wanted to. So um, may, maybe I could be wrong about that, right? Maybe they did their Monero mining and they've got their Monero stash and now they want to, you know, maybe they want to pump this thing at some time. At some point, they, the cabal, are going to want to pump Monero. They do this with gold. They do this with assets that they don't like. They unexpectedly pump the asset to very high heights, higher than it would have organically gone if they had just like taken their hands off the market. They like to pump it, and then everyone gets like super bullish on the thing, and then they slowly sell their stash, right? They've got profits now from all that pumpage that they did, and then they slowly slowly sell their stash, and the market readjusts back down to where it should be because, again, they overpump it. The market readjusts to the downside. People start getting a little bit nervous, and then with the rest of stash that they have, whether that's gold or Monero, they slowly sell that off to create the impression in the plebs of, of that the downside is what's happening. Um, and then they pump the other assets that they want. So 
Um, that can be gold versus stock markets, or that can be Monero versus crypto markets. Now, mind you, that's like I'm, that's a very kind of like speculative um, kind of inference that I'm making in general. There, um, I couldn't I couldn't show you the documents uh, that 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 I that proves that right. But um, this is just making inferences from knowing the sort of modus operandi of the people that are involved in these markets and the big players uh, that that have a lot of control. Uh, not total control, but a lot of control, right? They are a factor. They are a major factor. They're an equal factor, I think, as the uh, as the plebs and uh, and as just like regular retailers. Um, so I think that's about it. Uh, Monero nodes are looking at about 27,000 still. And uh, we've got Monero transactions have taken a little bit of a bump to the upside here lately. And again, this would be another little tick in favor of there is organic buying, right? There is organic action happening in the market. Um, it's not much, right? It's a little bit. Um, but we have kind of moved to the upside just a little bit. So if this continues to sustain, this will become a more powerful signal, right? If we go from 20 to 25,000 and we oscillate around 25,000 for a while, that's a powerful signal, right? And we, and we stay there, right? We sustain that. That tells us that, um, that there is more activity happening. There is more genuine activity happening. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, let me check my notes here, make sure I didn't miss anything. But uh, now that looks like it. That should be everything for today. All right, man. Actually, we have one question, which I will ask because we're still waiting on Cuban Warrior here. Uh, I am chatting with him, though, so he is on the radar. Hopefully, he can jump in. Looks like he's in the backstage. Oh, he is. Where? Where do you see him? I see shortwave. I, I don't still see him. Down. Uh, oh, good. He's there. He's there. He's there. All right, but we, we cool. can still ask this one question. Bitlamas is saying... Thoughts on Bitcoin market being overexposed to institutional investors and therefore having the risk of crashing when traditional markets crash? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, oh, you know what? There was one thing I wanted to take a look at. I can't believe I almost forgot. Um, this is a sign to me of institutional investors. Uh, let's look at the GBTC premium. It uh, doesn't really matter which one. They all say basically the same thing. Um, so... Right now, is uh, that's a good question. I'm not really too sure. Is Bitcoin exposed um, to institutional investors and how would that affect uh, Bitcoin in a market downturn? In, in a broad, like serious market downturn, like a March 2020 event or a 2008 event, Bitcoin's going down with everything. Gold is going down. It's all going down. Everyone smashes the sell button. Um, but in like a slow bleed out to explore the lower range, um, I mean, we have seen Bitcoin act a little bit counter, uh, a little bit inversely correlated to stocks. Um, that's one thing we're seeing right now. Um, if most, I would guess that most institutional investors have at least the vague idea that Bitcoin is kind of a digital gold. So it might not like in a general downturn, it might not fully manifest as like a risk off play anymore. People might be using it slightly more like a digital gold than before. The GBTC premium here that you see on the bottom, the blue bars, this to me is a measure of how much actual interest does institutional money have in getting exposure to Bitcoin. Think about your parents, right? Or maybe even your grandparents. If they want exposure to Bitcoin, what are they going to do? Are they going to like sovereignly go to local Bitcoins or a Bitcoin meetup and like, or, you know, local Monero and, and buy? Probably not. They're, they've got their money in the stock market. Most of them, a lot of them are, have control of their um of their investment now, or at least control of some of their investment. Uh, and so they buy tickers, they buy ETFs and ETNs on the stock market. So if you want to get exposure to Bitcoin price, you can do so right now at a whopping 23% discount than what you would get on Kraken. So if there's wow. big institutional interest, why, why, oh, why is the GPTC premium 
at minus 23% to its actual spot value. Now, this thing has closed. It's gone from being negative 50% ever since the um, the the BlackRock decided that they wanted to try and get an ETF. And everyone knows that BlackRock is, you know, basically global finance now. They own it all. Um, so this has been moving to the upside, probably mostly on the speculation that that if ETFs start getting approved and the grayscale ETF starts getting approved. And right now the court case does look, you know, they, they did have a, a very beneficial positive ruling for grayscale. Um, if they win that case completely and the ETF is granted to grayscale, this is going to close to zero because now they can finally balance their books. They don't balance their books because of some kind of rule that doesn't allow them to push Bitcoin off of their balance sheet. That would actually be negative, believe it or not. That would be price negative because Grayscale would have to sell off a bunch of BTC to balance their books to bring this back to zero. Um, wow, that's not, I hadn't thought about that until just this very moment. So I need to think about that. That's like a tentative you know, live thought that I just had, um, but that might not be entirely price positive. Um, it'll be, it could be price positive in one way. Oh, here's another thing to think about. Um, BlackRock is apparently going to buy like the 200,000 Bitcoin that the United States government has sitting in its coffers. So this... This balances that equation in a way like, okay, BlackRock at CTF, the, the, you know, the hype, the exposure, getting more, more integrated to the financial system, right? That's all like generally macro fundamentally bullish. Um, but all of that 200,000 Bitcoin that the United States government had was fundamentally bearish. Um, so those like that equation now balances, right? The bullishness of the BlackRock is probably being balanced out by the fact they're just going to scoop that Bitcoin off of, uh, off of the U.S. government. Um, oh, there was another important thing um, that now that I think about it, uh, the the trustee, the Mt. Gox trustee went back to the Japanese court and said, hey, uh, we can't really pay anyone um, by the deadline we said after we extended it for like two years. So can we get another extension? And now they have an extension basically to 2024. They put some language in there that said we could start paying people off as early as January 1st of 2024. But that language um, from lawyers just means that, uh, no, we're not going to do shit until the very last deadline. And maybe we'll think about if we could pay some people in January, but probably not. So that whole thing is going to get delayed by another year. I guess that's it's actually kind of a bullish thing at the moment um, because that is selling pressure that won't hit the market um, in any immediate term. So um, I, I do think. I'd have to really think about about that question that was asked. I apologize for trying to like dance my way around it here. Yeah, no, 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 um, no question. <laughs> but we we should. I'm thinking we should move on because uh, oh, we sure, have sorry, go ahead. Cuban Warrior, and I know his internet. Uh, he's kind of paying by the minute here. I don't want to lose him. Um, body man, thank you so much as always. Very comprehensive. Thanks, guys. Uh, please stick That's around. Playing the opposite of limbo. Instead of how low can you go, how high can the rates go? <laughs> We'll see. Tux has been waiting to state that line. <laughs> that. Uh, Tux, let's, let's jump to special guests so we can so we can get them up. We have Martha here as well. Uh, I want to get it moving so we don't lose uh, Cuban Warrior. Awesome. Let's do it. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. All right, all right. Martha, how's it going? Excellent. Thank you guys so much for doing this. I'm so excited to hear. Uh, I, I know we all are. C Cuban Warrior, are you there? Looks like he's muted. You're muted. Monero now. What's, uh, I can't read his name here. Yo, what's up? ¿Cómo están? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Me puedes escuchar? ¿Me puedes escuchar? Sí, te escuchamos. Te escuchamos. ¿Quieres que te traduzca? ¿Me puedes escuchar? Sí, sí, te escuchamos. Saludos. So he's asking if we can hear him, and he's saying hello. Oh, 
All right. Yeah. Martha, if you want to kind of run this, because I feel like he, he definitely prefers speaking in Spanish. Okay. Um, so do you want me to just hi, go back hi. between the two? Yeah. We basically want to find out initially what is it exactly he's proposing to do. And to be honest, we want to suss him out a little bit and find out if this is legitimate. Uh, me too. Because if it is, the community will, will certainly back him, I'm sure. Eh, ¿Entendiste la pregunta o quieres que te lo, eh, que te lo traduzca? Creo que me preguntan algo sobre el proyecto, ¿no? Sí, quieren saber sobre el proyecto, lo que estás haciendo. Bueno, es un poco largo, ¿no? Porque al principio estábamos, estábamos planificando algo distinto, algo distinto acerca de privacidad y, y acercarnos más a lo que es la, el impartir el internet, el compartirlo con, con otros otro coterráneos, otros camaradas para ofrecer y dar más privacidad con unos USB y facilitar. traduciendo poco a poco para que ellos puedan ir eh, eh, captando. So okay. he's saying that his project started uh, in a different sense. It started first for privacy to be able to get internet going um, to more people. Um, and that project now changed. Okay, continúa, perdón. Okay, el, el inicio era con Tails y con, con Tor. Son, son dos, dos aplicaciones diferentes, pero que ofrecen privacidad y que dan, dan oportunidades de tener un, un internet que sea más privado, que, que se deje los rastreos aparte, o sea, que no, no, estén, no estemos tan, tan perseguidos. Okay, so they were trying to, first we're going to use Tor. Um, I, ¿Cuál era el otro? Tails. Sí, Tails. Tails and Tor to try and get more privacy to the people of Cuba so that their search uh, is not... Um, is not being followed by the government, but now their plans um, have moved on. So, ajá, cuéntanos. El, bueno, el siguiente paso ha sido más cercano hacia, hacia eh, compartir, compartir el internet con, con, la, con la SIM card de un turista. So they want to be able to share the internet with uh, tourist SIM cards. Okay. Andres, your, your microphone's a little, your microphone's a little fuzzy. Uh, Does yeah, it work we, now? Yeah, it works. We can hear you, but there's a... Uh, whatever. Uh, can you hear me now? Kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good enough. Um, no, what he's saying is that he's using one SIM card, if I don't get it wrong, one SIM card from one tourist, so he can have internet from the world, <laughs> basically, yeah. and then sharing that internet from one SIM card of the tourist locally in a mesh network. Cool, so cool. the sim, how is so the the, the, the tourist the tourist sim card is because Cubans cannot access like normal internet sim cards like we do, so they're using just one exit. It's, it's like, like an exit node from Cuba, and then inside they they share that single sim card with a, with uh, more people through a mesh network. Amazing. And so, has this been done before? Has he does he know it's going to work? I mean, what's the ¿Entendiste? Está, te preguntan si está funcionando. En este momento solamente es compartirlo, pero como, como un hook, como un hook de, de un celular. No, no, no tenemos la reconstruida aún. O sea, estamos haciendo una propuesta porque pensamos de que podemos recibir el apoyo de ustedes. Más sin embargo, hemos recibido varios ataques, varias, varias dudas. Que hemos intentado persuadirla, darle más información acerca de nosotros. So they're still building the network, if I heard him correctly, um, and it has not yet, they have not yet uh, completed that step. They were sharing their project to get more support from the community. However, they're finding more attacks than support. Oh, no. What, 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 kind, what kind of attacks are they getting? 
¿Qué estilo de ataque están recibiendo? Hace, hace unos dos días, más o menos, estuvimos respondiendo unas preguntas porque alguien, te, alguien quería que, que mostráramos nuestra identidad, que mostráramos nuestra, como que nuestra o sea, información de, de quién éramos nosotros. Y así es muy difícil para nosotros. Nosotros estamos intentando es hacer un movimiento que es al margen de la ley aquí. Right. So they wanted more information on their identity, um, which for them is not going to be possible. They um, obviously in Cuba, it, uh, the government is not okay with this, um, you know, going around the system. So they cannot be showing their identity. Yeah, under understandable. Um, Martha, what do you think? How, how do you think we, you know, resolve this? Right. So the Monero community wants to help. They're very eager to help if this is, in fact, legitimate. Uh, obviously, I guess there's just trust involved at this point. Is there any way you think we can build up some, we can somehow vet uh, Cuban Warrior and build up some trust so that we people don't mind zapping over their Monero? Um, how we can achieve that trust, that would be on the part of the Monero community. I think that, um, you know, verifying that they are in Cuba is something that we can probably do very easily. And if they are in Cuba, then I don't see why there is any um, trust issues at all. I mean, you have a country that has spent the last 64 years under communism where we know that the government is against them. So I, I think it's almost ridiculous to ask them to prove these things at this point. All right. Um, or you, you, can go, you can go there, Douglas. <laughs> we trust I, I you. If you, say it's, it's tr if you say it's right, yeah. I would, trust me. I, would, I mean, I would no, love, but, but Shocking aside, I mean, yeah, but... Yeah, shows aside one of the ways that if you if you need to really, I don't think that the, the, the sum is so big that it needs so much a, of a formal verification. But some some trusted member of the of the Monero community that has nothing to do with this project could travel there and verify it for themselves, or we we can um, get any other Monero co community member f that is already in Cuba. Uh, to in it somehow independently verify that the right. mesh network works on, but yeah, that just be, as, as Marta said and, and Nando as well, yeah. it's very tricky. It's very tricky. Oh, are we the, trying to KYC this guy to be right public now? about <laughs> something <laughs> in Cuba? Yes. <laughs> what What exactly is he it's asking? Like a trust, uh, trust, less verification. Yeah. I think that's that's where we really need to focus. Is what is he exactly asking us for? Um, because, you know, if he needs something to build this mesh network, then, you know, that's that's different than money, than sending Monero di directly to somebody. We no, no, no. He's, he's raising the money and then he's going to use the money to, to build up the system, which is another question, I guess. How How is he going to use Monero to acquire the parts and things that he needs? That's a great question. Entendiste la pregunta? Te están preguntando cómo vas a usar el Monero para poder comprar las cosas que necesitas allá en Cuba. ¿Me escuchaste? ¿Me escuchan? Eh, ahora sí. ¿Puedes repetir, por favor? Sí, que, que te están preguntando cómo piensas usar el dinero, el monero particularmente, para, eh, allá en Cuba para comprar las cosas que necesitas. De lo que nos puedas contar, de, de cómo sí, intentas... Es usarlo. una pregunta difícil, ¿no? Es una pregunta que, que me puede comprometer en algunas cosas, porque... Claro, por eso solo, solo dime hay maneras, tenemos maneras y hemos logrado traer algunas cosas desde el exterior y con la colaboración de, de algunas personas que están cercanas al turismo, hemos encontrado algunas vías. 
Okay, so um, he obviously can't disclose a whole lot of information, can't give us the roadmap on how he's going to or how they're going to accomplish this. However, he says that there are um, connections very close to the tourist industry that can help them with this endeavor. Um, I'm going to assume that a tourist, you can pay them with uh, Monero to bring the things that they need. Okay, okay. Um, Tux, do you want to share the screen and get the Kuno up here on screen so people can see it? And then maybe uh, Cuban Warrior can explain a little bit more exactly, you know, how the system is going to work. Is it, Martha, is it going to be that then users of the system pay in Monero to use it? Because that was my understanding as well. Or is it just going to be free for the local community? Eh, Monerando, están preguntando que si el sistema, cuando lo, lo construyan, si la gente va a pagar usando Monero para usarlo o si va a ser gratis para la comunidad. Todo depende de la, de la cantidad de usuarios que tengamos. Todo depende de la cantidad de usuarios que tengamos y cuánto podamos ofrecer el servicio con una SIM card. O sea, porque al tener una demanda muy alta, el consumo de los gigas que tenemos disponibles va, se va a acabar muy rápido, ¿me entiendes? Claro. Tenemos que ir mesurando, eh, haciendo una medida de prueba para saber qué tan sostenible es en el tiempo. So they're going, their intention is to, um, I guess, play it by ear. They're, they don't know how much they can actually support with um, that SIM card. So it depends on, on demand and it depends on how quickly um, they run through, you know, what they have on that SIM card. So I think it's, for now, it's an experimental. I mean, keep, it, keep, in, <laughs> keep in mind that the, the access I've been to Cuba once. <laughs> Access to internet in Cuba is very annoying and expensive and slow. Yeah. So, if you manage to get it working, even with a with a tourist like a foreign SIM card, uh, it's going to be expensive, and they will need some financing long term so they can keep doing it because um, they will have to recharge or uh, more credits into that SIM card somehow. Um, I think it it's great. One, if it works technically but then if it works socially um, because you need some you need some payment so so you basically you don't get abused so I mean since um, internet access is so precious if you get just like a free like an open mesh network some people are going to abuse that I mean are going to start <laughs> streaming or downloading anything that they can so you need to have some anti-spam measure with even a bit even just a little bit of payment in Monero but it would be great I think uh, especially if you could do that because if you ask the, the users to pay Monero you are also ensuring some kind of circular economy of people needing to get their hands on Monero to pay the internet access yeah that, that would be so is that what he's thinking of doing though? that's what I understood from the proposal but you can ask Um, ¿Estás pensando usar eh, cuando tengan internet, eh, cobrar para poder mantener el sistema? Eh, ¿Piensan cobrarle a los usuarios? ¿Y tienes alguna duda de que si alguien, si lo abres directamente al público, que pues abusen del sistema, que usen todos los minutos que tienen disponibles para, para el servicio? En, en la base del formato del, del experimento está que tenemos que cobrar al menos cerca de 0,01 dólares por usuario, o sea, algo cercano, 0,01 monero por usuario, cerca de 5 dólares a, a la semana. Okay, so they are intending to uh, charge the, the client, um, y, y lo harían en monero, ¿verdad? Por supuesto, en monero. Estamos utilizando monero, vamos a tener que entregar monero, vamos a recibir monero, y eso nos permitirá tener 
entregar los moneros al contacto que tenemos y recibir las próximas SINs. Yes, so it is a circular economy. They are intending to charge um, some small amount, um, 0.01 of a Monero, I believe, about $5 worth, um, because they, they have to pay their contact to, to keep providing them with SIM cards, and they're going to pay in Monero. So yes, they intend to make this a Monero community. Amazing. Uh, Tux, you want to scroll down a little bit so people can see the, the QR code? No, I guess scroll up then. Yeah, there you right go. Here. Can I ask right. something to Nando? Yeah, of course. Eh, Nando, ¿me escuchas? Sí, te escucho. Ah, te quería preguntar, para que la gente que está mirando el programa tenga un poco de contexto, ¿cuánto es más o menos 5 eh, dólares eh, en Cuba con relacionado con lo que la gente normalmente gana o con otras cosas que... o con precios de otras cosas? Disculpe, estoy aquí cerca de una, de una avenida porque no tengo mucha cobertura donde estoy, entonces tengo que acercarme hasta acá para poder hacer la, la videollamada. ¿Entendí algo de, del dólar el equivalente? No, sí, te preguntaba más o menos cuánto, cuánto representa 5 dólares para un, para un cubano que estaría accediendo a, este, a esta conexión de internet, digamos, comparado con un sueldo regular o con otras cosas que puedan comprar, ¿qué, qué, qué sale 5 dólares allá? Para que la gente que escuche esto en otros países del mundo tenga el contexto. No, aquí es muy costoso, es muy costoso mantener el, el internet. Así, 5 dólares aquí puede representar una, una semana de comida para muchos. No todo el mundo tiene acceso a, mucho, a muchos ingresos. En estos días, bueno, uno de los ataques que recibí era porque estábamos solicitando una cantidad de dinero que parecía excesiva para nosotros. Pero es lo que vale el, el proyecto en realidad, no es lo que nosotros ganamos aquí. Ganar aquí es otra cosa. Hacer este proyecto para las personas como estamos nosotros aquí nos llevaría 10 años fácilmente y, y es imposible. ¿Qué está diciendo, Andrés? I was waiting for you, Marta to speak better. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so he's saying that five dollars in Cuba can represent a, a week's worth of, of food for some people. So it's not a cheap project, um, but they do need these resources because for them to be able to do this that they're trying to achieve would represent over 10 years of, of time uh, with their resources. They obviously don't have the ability to um, uh, do this on their own without our help. Um, and I think the picture that you have up there kind of shows, you know, here in the U.S. for us um, to go and be able to buy these you know, these things um, is pretty easy and it's something that, that most people can do, but they're, they're you know, very rudimentary there. Quisiera, quisiera agregar algo más para que no That's... se malinterprete tampoco la, la, la situación. O sea, no quisiera que, que pensaran de que porque sea caro el proyecto significa que no va a ser accesible para muchas personas. El tener acceso al Internet aquí es algo muy valioso. No tenemos muchas oportunidades a la mano. Tener internet para muchos representaría tener nuevos ingresos porque pueden trabajar por, la, por esa vía. Entonces es una puerta que estamos abriendo. No Entiendo que es costosa para muchos aquí, pero también se abren más oportunidades. 100%. So he's saying that he would like to add some additional context so that it's not uh, misrepresented in what he's doing. So yes, it's a very expensive project for them on the island. However, um, he's very well aware that with this opportunity with internet, that it will open up doors and opportunities for those that are there to be able to um, do those jobs and be able to connect with the world and be able to do the things that will give them even more opportunities. So um, he absolutely, I think, is correct on that. It, you know, having accessible internet um, that is not blocked by the regime and where they can work outside 
um, should bring more opportunities for Cubans. Yeah, I mean, the, this project is Monero at its best if this is in fact happening, right? So we'd be using an anonymous currency where people come from any part in the world can contribute and help finance the building of a system that then gives people access to internet that's not censored. So it's like the best on, bo on both ends. I may or may not have just sent a little Monero, right? I guess I guess we don't we don't want to necessarily uh, be admitting whether or not we are, right? Because uh, I don't I don't know how how legal it is. You're not supposed to do that. Right, right, right. But I, but I, I do. You're not supposed to do that. Yes. Tux, Tux. Let's let's refresh here. I mean, the, so the beautiful thing about Monero and Kuno is nobody knows, right? This is this isn't PayPal. This isn't Venmo. You can completely anonymously uh, fund the Cuban warrior here in his pursuit. Um, there's really no other technology you can you can use to do this. So yeah, I this did have a question on that censorship because I, I knew that uh, Cuban didn't have the most free internet. But how how exactly strict is it? Is it like a whitelist where only very specific government approved websites are allowed, or is it like uh, more like China where there's a bunch of main big services like YouTube that are just straight up? Nando están preguntando que cómo funciona el, el internet en Cuba, que si es una lista blanca donde donde solamente algunas personas pueden accesar el, el internet, o si es como en China que en algunos lugares eh, algunas páginas simplemente no se pueden accesar. Aquí puede acceder a algunas cosas, no, no, no está totalmente bloqueado, pero sí puede, puede ser muy rastreado, muy rastreable. Hay, hay momentos donde todo cambia de una semana a otra, no es tan sencillo. Yo sé que algunas páginas ustedes no pueden acceder aquí lo más, a llegar. Lo, lo más accesible que tenemos aquí, lo más accesible aquí es el Facebook. El Facebook lo usa todo el mundo. Yeah, so it, he's saying it's, it changes very quickly from one minute to the other. So it's not that simple to to kind of um, give you what is available and what isn't. Um, but the one website that is surprisingly uh, allowed and everybody in Cuba uses it is Facebook. But things like PayPal, I know you can't uh, access. If anything financial, they cannot access. Um, so it depends. It's hit or miss. How did he discover Monero? I mean, uh, and, and Kuno, how did, how did he... Great question. ¿Cómo descubriste Monero y Kuno? Mis comienzos fueron en, en Bitcoin primero. Yo estuve comenzando fue con Bitcoin porque hacía pequeñas tareas y recibía dinero. Pero para ese momento el, el internet era más libre hace cerca de tres años atrás. So he started with Bitcoin. Um, he started working with Bitcoin and um, doing small jobs with Bitcoin. Um, but this was three years ago when the internet was more accessible to Cubans. Um, he's saying that now it's not as accessible. Creo que no, no hay eh. ese cambio. El cambio que hubo fue del, de la antigua CENET, que era la, la que teníamos nosotros disponible. Bueno, parte de nosotros somos de ese proyecto también. Eh, estamos como que intentando renacer ciertas cosas, pero no puedo decirte mucho más sobre eso. Entiendo eh, que eh. No, o sea, no, no tengo... Hay una organización que se llama Joven Cuba, que es la que nos tiene en cierta forma pisoteados. Eh, se te entendió un poquito mal. Ah, Andrés, ¿tú entendiste mejor? ¿Tú puedes explicarlo? No, le preguntaría, eh, le, le preguntaría por la, él, él decía que hay una organización que se llama Jóvenes por Cuba o algo así, que los tienen pisoteados. Sí, ellos no, nos quitaron toda la, la autonomía que teníamos sobre la, las redes anteriores. Entonces, uh, el, ah, ellos okay. están apoyados por, por nuestro actual gobierno, es difícil. No puedo darte muchos más detalles, pues... No, no, no entiendo, 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 entiendo. ¿Qué es, lo que, ¿Qué es lo que hacía la CENET antes? ¿Era un proveedor de internet? 
No, era una red de todos, era una red de todos, todos teníamos acceso. Era mucho más, más sencillo acceder. Era una red donde teníamos mayor libertad. Uh, he's saying that, that before they have a, 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 a network or an organization called CENET that he, that he may or may not be part of, um, that, used to, yeah, that used to provide access to, to several people there. Uh, more like a, I, I understood that it's kind of like a grassroots uh, movement that they, that they started, but now, now nowadays or lately, um, an organization called uh, Jóvenes por Cuba or Young like People young, for Cuba. Yeah, Young People for Cuba. They love those names. It's so funny. They love them. Yes, um, it's, yeah. they're usually communist <laughs> it's like, uh, communities that love to tear down. Yeah, it's like now you have like a, a internet freedom organization that basically regulates internet <laughs> so so no yeah, yeah yeah they cannot do that anymore the senate thing that they were doing before so they have to look their way out by these projects all right just Abs reloaded and uh just went up to six minutes can i ask him a question nice beautiful he's, he's almost halfway there guys let, let, let's get this funded and let's get uh cuban warrior back on the show in you know a couple of weeks and hopefully with, with this built-out mesh network. Go ahead, Andres. No, Nando, te hago una pregunta última. Eh, en, la idea de que, en la idea de que este proyecto funciona y está, está, o sea, está funcionando, las, los usuarios, ¿cómo accederían al Internet? ¿Lo hacen a través de otra SIM card con teléfonos o funcionaría como una red Wi-Fi en los routers que, están, que, que estarían armando? No, no. El... El, el objetivo es colocar cuatro SINCAR. Cuatro SINCAR que vamos a poner en cada uno de los, de los, de los router mesh. Pones, pones, o sea, tenés una SIMCAR principal y después cuatro SIMCARs o solamente directamente cuatro SIMCARs independientes. Cuatro SIMCAR, cuatro SIMCAR independientes, Bien. porque en caso tal de que una de las SIMCAR quede sin, sin datos, los otros usuarios que tengan esa zona pueden tener cobertura y recibir datos de otras SIMCAR. Es como un ecosistema que se crea. Entiendo. Y los usuarios a ese router se conectan vía Wi-Fi. Correcto. Bien. Y los usuarios a través de Wi-Fi se conectan eh, usando Tails y Tor o a esos ya usan ClearNet, o sea, normal. El acceso a Tails y Tor es desde el servidor que vamos a colocar. O sea, vamos a tener un repositorio de elementos de privacidad para que sean compartidos entre todos y que puedas descargarlo directamente del repositorio y no tengas que gastar los, nuestros megas en descargarlo directamente del el directorio okay. del proveedor. O sea que, para entender esto del, del punto de vista de la seguridad, los usuarios se conectan al, al router de manera simple, sin usar Tor, y lo que se conecta a través de Tor es desde tu router con la SIM card hacia afuera. Correcto. Yo estoy haciendo como un puente donde todo está protegido okay. después de lo que venga de allí. Déjame que les explico. Um, what, what, she's saying, what he's saying is that, okay, the, the system will work like this, because I asked I asked him um, about privacy and how Tor works with the whole system. And the system is like that, uh, like this. Uh, they will have four SIM cards, four independent SIM cards on different locations with a router, each of them, right? Mm -hmm. And that router is going to provide um, access, internet access for the people around the router. But uh, each router uh, connects through by the SIM card, the cell phone service, through Tor, they are going to maintain that. So the privacy is, is like basically against the government, so to speak, because it's like 
protecting the traffic from from every router mm -hmm. but the final users connect to the router with normal internet wi-fi so Wait, so are the four the... sim cards doing load balancing or did you say it's one router per sim card it's one router per sim card so okay. i understood that i understood that basically four different uh, diff sim cards with routers for redundancy on different locations awesome so a uh, body's asking why don't they just use starlink i imagine it's probably just not that easy to get starlink up and running in cuba but uh is if you want to ask him that I'm curious what his response is te están preguntando <coughs> discúlpame te están preguntando por qué simplemente no usan starlink en cuba el el sistema de elon musk de satélite no, no hay cobertura, no hay cobertura aquí para eso. Uh, he's saying there's no coverage. Um, from my own uh, knowledge of this, there's also, it's almost impossible to get the, the antennas into Cuba. You'd mm. have to smuggle them in somehow. So um, you need to still solve that problem. Wow. Are people in Cuba using Monero in any way that he knows of? Is there, is there a Monero community over there? Eh, ¿Sabes si en Cuba hay una comunidad de Monero? Hay, el, ¿Estarán usando a, a, a gente independiente eh, Monero en Cuba? Actualmente conozco de algunos startups que han estado iniciando aquí, pero la mayoría de ellos están muy, muy ligados al, al gobierno. Es difícil acercarse a ellos porque pueden presionarte. So he's saying that some, he thinks that some people are using it, um, but they are probably more connected to the government. So he's fearful of connecting with them because. Um, it can backfire. About mining, are people mining crypto from Cuba? ¿Sabes si están minando criptomoneda en Cuba, particularmente Monero? Monero no conozco que estén aquí minando, pero sí, sí conozco algunas granjas, pero están ligadas al gobierno. Es difícil, no, no puedo darte mucho, mucho opinión, no, no puedo darte eso. O sea, no puedo decirte que si me parece bien o mal, ellos lo hacen y ya. So, um, some people, there are some some mining farms, <laughs> but they're probably connected to the government. Um, one thing that I think uh, is missing in context, just for everyone listening, is in Cuba, they have rolling blackouts. Um, the, the usual is four to six hours a day of blackouts. Um, and most people don't have a stable uh, electrical connection. So just mining alone would be difficult. Nonetheless, you know, uh, getting the equipment and everything. So... Uh, I, he thinks some people are, but they have to be connected to the government to have that, that ability. How does, it, how does it work with like electricity costs and stuff? I mean, uh, the electricity is, is it, is it free for everyone, but it just doesn't work well? Or how does it work? funciona el, la electricidad en Cuba? ¿Es gratis para todo el mundo y simplemente no funciona bien o se paga? ¿Cómo, cómo funciona? Si quieres tener una minería, te van a dar cuenta rápido. El, el, el servicio eléctrico te marca cuánto estás consumiendo. No, no tiene sentido. Pues. Tienes que estar bien conectado con alguien para que te tenga, o sea, para que no se hagan de la vista gorda. Aquí no, cuando ves que consumes tanto así, te visitan y te hacen una entrevista. ¿Qué está pasando? So, obviously, consumption is something that they monitor. So, if all of a sudden you are consuming a lot, they will come visit you. Pero es gratis para los para los cubanos o tienes que pagar la electricidad y como, o sea, pagas por tu uso. Por supuesto, pagamos por el uso, pero no podemos consumir tanto. No podemos. Ellos se van a dar cuenta si consumimos más de los tarifas que tenemos programada. El consumo allá yeah, so tiene they, un promedio. No podemos accedernos de eso. So they do. Además, uh, corte, uh, Perdón, no escuché el final. Además de los cortes que están, no podemos tampoco exponernos a colocar algo que mine y de un momento a otro 
se nos daña, va a ser muy, es muy riesgosa la inversión. Yeah, so um, it is an expensive endeavor to to do this. Um, they do pay for the service, but the government knows their their average, and you can't just go over that average. And then on top of that, it, it's it's too expensive in, of an endeavor um, to to try that. You're right. Uh, I don't know, have you guys ever seen the? Go ahead, Anders. No, um, I hope you can hear me better now. Um, no, that in, in these kinds of situations, I mean, I live in Argentina, it's like a very less extreme version of Cuba in some, in some regards. But talking with people from Venezuela and, all, and also from Cuba, one thing to remember is that it's very tricky to get like stuff inside, no? in, into the country for customs and all that. You have to smuggle everything and you can you cannot just smuggle a, 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 an ASIC, for example, to mine uh bitcoin or something like that and uh, you you can see by the photos the, the hardware that you get in those places either all or very very expensive it's it's not the same price that you that you are paying like going to uh, like going to best buy um, and, and buying like, the new shiny cpu or something like that. you have to pay someone to bring it to you and to and if it's too uh, visible you have to also bribe someone from customs so everything that's something to the price and a bit more and more so it gets very expensive very fast and usually you don't get a lot of stuff because it's simply not liquid you don't have a lot, a lot enough market uh, so to speak so that's why you have you see so so many limitations with hardware related endeavors what you have is like a very um and the same thing happens here you have a lot of people that are willing to work for for crypto because that is remote and then in that way you can get currency into into the country uh, and you, you can progress somehow so that's that's the, the other side of what he was telling us about uh, yeah it's very expensive or pricey to pay five dollars a week a month for for internet but it also opens up a huge possibility for people to do jobs that they yeah. will be considered very cheap in some other parts of the world. Like it's just earning, I don't know, $50 or $100 a, a extra a month will make a whole lot of difference for, from someone inside inside mm -hmm. of this country. Uh, yeah, so they still have very, very heavy uh, iron curtains. Yeah, and now they are very restricted because of the communication. I was just there for a couple of days. Uh, you can tell even me trying to do my work with the connection was very hard. Um, I think about, uh, I don't know, uh, tax you were asking, how do they, do they blackly, whitelist some websites? And, yeah, they probably do, but it's even worse than that. You can censor by infrastructure, basically. If it's super bad and nobody gets like official access to it, it's very fast, gets very expensive to get it like on the black market, so to speak. I, I need a SIM card from somebody else. It's not, or you get, you cannot do anything that that is too much in the clear and you can be at risk of exposing yourself because you could be prosecuted like politically for doing so it's like well i i save or i get this donation from abroad and i put like a five miners uh, mining monero on a on a house and then i i, I split the, the the earnings with the people it doesn't work like that because the same thing happening happening in venezuela with bitcoin mining where it's either very, very dark, dark black market, like f mine farms inside 
of a slum with illegal um, electricity connections, and or it's, it's done by the government, who subsidizes a lot of the energy and controls the customs, so they get the, the miners. Um, otherwise, they just knock on your door and say, well, you're consuming so much electricity, and they take the miners or the hardware from you, and then they mine it themselves. Wow. So, it's, it's not just blocking stuff. It's an insane amount of. It's not so much production. because in China they have a lot of internet because they use a lot of internet in China, inside of China. You pay everything with your cell phone. You, it's, it's it's very internet heavy. But Cuba is not like that. As with, with all the respect of not being there right now, it, it's very much analog in that sense. All right, I know Martha, you're, you're running out of time here. Uh, Cuban warrior, any anything you want to leave us with? I think he. Oh, there he is. Oh, did we lose him? If he if he wants to close out his thoughts and give it give his his final final plea to the community, I'm personally I'm personally bought and sold here. I think this is an amazing project. I wish him all the luck in the world, uh, and hope I hope it works for all the reasons we're talking about. It it would be beautiful to see it, it up and running, and then people actually now accessing the internet. And yeah, maybe uh, earning earning jobs, working remotely, uh, and and earning Monero that that would be beautiful. Um, so best of luck, man. Any, but anything he wants to say to to close this out? Tienes algo? Eh, Quieres decir alguna eh, últimas palabras a la comunidad? Eh, cualquier idea que tengas que quieras compartir antes de irnos. Me oyes? Mm, it's like he's muted. Keep it warrior. I'm trying to unmute him, but. Ah, este botón funciona mal. ¿Qué cosa decías? Que para las últimas palabras que tenga, que que. Nando, estás ahí. What happened? All right, I don't know. We lost him. We lost. He's there, but he's muted. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you guys have any closing thoughts on this? Um, you know, I think that this project is amazing. I've, I've, you guys know that I've been on this path trying to find somebody in Cuba to. Um, start and to just get this going. So I am so thrilled. And um, it's unfortunate that I lost all my Monero in that boating accident. Um, but I will definitely uh, want to help this project. And I will be um, trying to contact him other, you know, through other routes to see how, how else we can help. Um, see if there's other ways that we can get them the tools that they need. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure at this point, if we tweet it out a little bit more, I mean, even today, I think we went up from four point something to over six point something Monero. Uh, I'm sure yeah, he'll get to dude. Let's, yeah. let's fund the crap out of this. I mean, it is insane, like how, you know, we have a lot of issues in our, our first world countries with, you know, things slowly becoming more dystopian over time. But then we look at somewhere like Cuba, where it's just like extreme in like a lot of levels. It really puts it into perspective. So support this and, donate to this fundraiser help this guy out he's he's giving people free access to information in the internet to allow them to uh, learn about things and have better jobs i really cannot think of something that look even looks look at that photograph it looks more cypherpunk than this <laughs> <laughs> but the hardware looks like it's from 20 years ago yes because it there probably is, is have you seen the cars <laughs> they're like from 70 years ago yes nando volviste Nando, te queremos dar la última palabra. Disculpe, ¿me escuchan? Ah, sí, sí. Acá, acá eh, el anfitrión Doug, te estaba agradeciendo ¿Me muchísimo. Sí, ¿me escuchas a mí? ¿Me escuchas? ¿Me escuchan? Disculpa, creo que sí ahora. ¿Sí? Estoy teniendo problemas de conexión, disculpe. No hay problema. ¿Escuchas vos? Sí, lo escucho. Eh, 
Este, acá Por allí hay una, una pregunta sobre, sobre si, si, lo, si se si, ¿qué pasaba si se, conecta, si se caía el, el, la electricidad. Nosotros tenemos programado ahí en el proyecto colocar unos UPS que nos garantizarían al menos tres horas. Bueno, en su máxima capacidad. No se te oye. Según el estudio que hicimos, no, 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 no es gran cosa, pero para, para solventar mientras no, no hay electricidad eh, funcional. He's saying that um, part of the project is, is, is to add some. Eh, okay, repito. Eh, que, sí, sí. Por allí hay una pregunta sobre la autonomía del, del servicio. Eh, uh -huh. Estuve conversando sobre sobre unos UPS que vamos a colocar, está en el proyecto. O sea, si hay algún problema de electricidad, podemos solventarlo momentáneamente. Ok, ok. Y preguntan, eh, te agradecen por la te agradecen muchísimo por la participación, eh, Nando acá, y te preguntan si querés eh, decir algunas eh, últimas palabras de despedida o pedir algo a la gente. No. Andrés, ¿qué está Uh, I think the, just the connection is breaking up too much. He said he said that uh, people were asking before about the electricity, um, how, uh, how how to solve the problems with electricity going off and, and on. And one of the things that are part of the project that it, he says that is part of the, of the project in Kuno is to add um, some UPSs to the, to the routers. So in case the electricity goes down, they will have roughly like three hours of battery power to keep oh, the okay, that's good, yeah. yeah. But I don't think he's coming back <laughs> really soon. All right. Well, this this is amazing. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have ever seen that show. I think it was called Startup, not the comedy. It was like, a, it was actually about like a group of people that were building um, something like a Monero. They were building, a, a, is, is this ringing bells for anybody? Uh, I think it was on Netflix and there's a scene where they're in Cuba and I think they're, they're even building a mesh network for, for people to access the internet. So it, this is, is, you know, art imitating life or life imitating art. This is uh this is pretty amazing. Uh, but much better than, than the, the show we're doing it for real here. There was uh, a project. Hey, sorry. There was a project called Loca Locha. Loca mesh. I don't know if you remember like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two, two years ago. Yeah, I was trying to do like a mesh, like uh, also, I think it was from, from Venezuela if I, or, or Colombia. Um, they were doing a mesh network, but they were also designing the hardware themselves. It was going to be open source, but it was open hardware, the routers, so you can they can transmit from mountain to mountain. And, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't so much of a free internet thing, as, as long as I remember, but you could transfer transactions in Bitcoin and Monero using the, the routers, not, not for, for open normal internet, but just for, for be able to have a resilient network of, of transactions, getting, hey, getting and sending transactions. I have some words for this too. Uh, in, in my opinion, this is a really good and large project. They, they are basically building, building a DIY ISP, but uh, we, we need to take into consideration that uh, servers typically consume around two to three hundred watts of use so i don't know if he was thinking thinking about that but uh he ne needs to take that in into consideration too well it looks like the hardware that he got um on his twitter feed he got 
a modern uh, Ryzen motherboard, an A320M, which is a uh, that'll work with Zen 3, I think. So he's got some modern parts. Mm, th- that could work too. All right, guys, uh, we can we can leave it leave it at that. Thank you, Martha, for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Andres. Thank you, guys, uh, for doing this and um, for promoting freedom in Cuba. Yeah, of, of course. This is this is very exciting to see see it to come to fruition, and in an organic way, right? This wasn't like people using Monero because they want to like pump Monero and shit. Like this guy organically found his way to it because it was the best tool for what he was trying to achieve. Yes. Uh, and then use Kuno for that purpose because it was the best tool that for what he was trying to achieve. So beautiful to see it actually taking hold and working as intended. I'm so stoked for this. I hope they succeed. And I can't wait for um, Monero to be the reason Cuba's free. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll keep moving on with the show. And I'm sure we'll be talking about this in future episodes. Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Cheers. All right. I hope I hope we get that funded. I think we will. Yeah, it's up to 6.59 XMR right now, over 50%. 2 XMR just within the past half hour. Pretty good. Sweet. And uh, like I said at the outset, we'll continue to do this with these Kuno fundraisers. I think that this is amazing. Uh, we should mention Anarchio again. Uh, he's the guy who built Kuno. Super talented. Super talented. Uh, he, you know, he—he's—you'll, we'll never hear from him. He's never going to come on this show, uh, for for his own personal reasons. He 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 wants to maintain his his opsec and uh, maintain completely private, stay stay completely private. But he's also the guy building XMR Bazaar, which I was having thoughts of that as well. I don't know about you, Tux, right? So like that's the point. One of the one of the main goals of XMR Bazaar is to open up this ability for people to. Do consulting globally for Monero to do uh, freelance work. Uh, so yep. that that that's that's the next stage, right? And we were talking about it here. So use Monero, uh, build this, raise the funds to build this this mesh network, give people internet, uh, uncensored internet that didn't have it, and now maybe they're they're working remotely, getting hired by people in first world countries and getting paid in Monero. Uh, unbeknownst to to the states, uh, for, all for good ethical causes, right? Uh, and uh, people that just want to work, that want to participate in society, and that's that's the dream, guys. This is how this is how we build out the parallel economy. Um, Tux, what do we got next? I guess let's move on to Dev Report. Yep, let's do it. And now for the Monero development segment. Hey again. All right, What's up, you guys? What's up, man? Thanks for dealing with the weird schedule today. <laughs> uh, it's no problem. I schedule it. So, yeah. what do you got for us today? Um, so uh, there was a link that you sent me. One second. So it's it's about uh, doing a. New proposal uh, to the POV, uh, POW with Serapis, and this would basically um, uh, improve the DOS protection of the nodes because currently there are some vulnerabilities in, in it. So, uh, as you see, uh, it, this is uh, nowhere near ASIC related. Uh, this uh, proposal would improve the partial verification uh, of the POW. 
uh, and uh, this could replace the no this would replace the final uh, Blake 2B uh, with a double Blake 2B hash so it's basically a double hash which is not uh, which is not less or more uh, secure is is the same security it's just a, a hash over hash wait wait hold hold on hold on yes, back yes. up back up simplify this for for okay you know the so, out there ba so basically uh we, we get the blake tv checksum of the um, i try to say it fast one second what what is, what is this what is what problem is is this thing solving uh so this would solve the uh dos uh vulnerabilities okay uh, so here uh, so typically, uh, a, a high-end machine would take 15 uh, milliseconds to uh, generate a hash, but a low-end 32-bit uh, machine, for example, Pi 0, Pi 4, Pi 3s, uh, takes uh, about one second. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a DOS uh, attack vector because malicious nodes could uh, start spamming the network with invalid bots. That's the machines would need to verify uh, now, and mm -hmm. uh, this would slow down uh, block verif verification. Uh, th there could be some uh, intermediate date data uh, inclusion uh, in the block blob, uh, but this would uh, need uh, a block uh, format change. Uh, but since Serpice already does that, this would be a small change uh, compared to if it wouldn't be so this is why the Trader guy who made this proposal uh, wants this changes, th these changes to uh, get into Monero with service. Uh, the function uh, with pre-verify the hashes, uh, that, that would take only uh, 300 nanoseconds, so n really negligible time, and uh, it would make the attacks uh, ineffective, uh, not, not able to be done. Uh, the li lightness performance boost uh, with, uh, with the performance of light nodes signific significantly because uh, it, it would only uh, do POV, uh, POW partially and do the random X validation for uh, the top end blocks only. This would reduce the CPU demands of the light nodes. So uh, we are not talking about full nodes here, only light nodes, uh, mm -hmm. up to uh, 10 to the fourth. Uh, so by a lot. Uh, and for the wallets using untrusted nodes, uh, it would verify the integrity uh, of the blocks received uh, from untrusted untrusted nodes. Uh, probably, uh, I, I think uh, it, it would be a few hashes. Uh, I I think I m mentioned it uh, in the last. So this this potentially solves that issue because we we saw that recently, right? Where yeah, yes. So uh, basically, the malicious. Uh, sorry, uh, one second. The malicious actors could. Uh, flood the uh, light nodes with fake information, and uh, that would make the light nodes be inefficient. I mean, there would be no use in light light wallets if that could be, could be done. Uh, so, light light wallets, uh, light nodes, sorry, light nodes uh, would do do just a few hashes, uh, and it, it could verify the integrity of the blocks by uh, cache. So uh, getting the blocks cached from uh, another server, for example, and uh, with this double blade to be hash, uh, it, it's, it would implement uh, the 32-byte field 
the intermediate hash, uh, as I was talking about it. Uh, of course, this would increase the chain size about uh, eight megabytes a year, but uh, I think uh, it's ne negligible if we think about the security of the nodes and uh, the DOS protection itself. And also for pre-verification, uh, as I mentioned, it would take uh, 300 nanoseconds. Mm, there's another one. Yes. So uh, this was the uh, untrusted nodes. And uh, the, there is also, one second, let me share my other screen. Uh, how would I do this? Yeah, so th this is Tevador that proposes. Tevador, Tevador uh, he, he's, he's done a lot for Monero development. He yes, was instrumental, I, I, instrumental in developing RandomX alongside Howard Howard Chu. So Chu. this is a really big proposal, uh, and it's complicated. So mm -hmm. I, I couldn't fit it into one presentation, as me myself uh, don't understand it fully. Okay. So uh, as I said, uh, the hash of the re register file would be doubled. This doesn't double the security, but uh, this doesn't uh, make it uh, worth uh, worse either. So the security stays the same. It's each. It's sorry. One second. It's just making it uh, checkable sufficiently. Okay. Oh wow! I'm I'm just looking back at the Kuno. We're up to over seven, almost at eight XMR rays. Jesus, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm really hoping to see that network done because. Uh, as I said, the, that guy is, is just making an ISP by himself and a few friends. Yeah. That's awesome. Beautiful project. Uh, Tux, you got any input here? A second. Uh, um, not really. Um, it looks like it's a faster way to, to verify. Um, yes. It'll make so, it a lot easier on all devices. And So, uh, as I said, uh, the 8 megabytes, so 8 megabytes a year. Uh, the 32 bytes to uh, 56 bits uh, field the intermediate hash would make uh, the DOS attacks impossible uh, against uh, any kind of nodes and the 300 nanoseconds that uh, the light nodes would use to pre-verify the blocks that they are sent would do the same. So, so light nodes essentially would be able to verify faster, it would prevent DDoS attacks, and it would prevent malicious nodes too, as well, right? Yes. Which which so, was a, which so is people, a real problem we were yes, having. So if uh, no nodes are available, people would be able to use untrusted nodes without mm -hmm. the risk of uh, being uh, feeded uh, uh, fake blocks. And now this won't be implemented until Seraphis upgrade happens. Uh, this would be implemented with Seraphis. Okay. That that's why why waiting until then just because it's such a big uh, because it's such a big uh, such a big uh, update uh, and uh, as as mentioned uh, this would require uh, to change the block format but surface already does that so uh, with surface uh, these changes would be negligible uh, and the privacy would be uh, much more awesome and and uh, as said there there would be no DDoS attacks so. It, this is worth to implement its surface, but without surface, uh, this would be a lot of work. All right, uh, very exciting to see. I'm trying to get Tevador back on on the show. I had him on years ago. Uh, I'll try. I try to write in his GitHub uh, proposal. Maybe he recognizes that. Yeah, yeah. We, we we've been communicating with him. I just don't think he wants to. Uh, 
I don't think he wants to come on. I think he's a pretty private individual. But yeah, yeah, please please hit him up if you can. Maybe maybe you could help convince him because there's there's a lot of things he he's done that I'd love to talk about. Um, all right, let's let's keep it moving just because we had a long. And, and there's some stats of Monero uh, currently. Okay. Uh, yeah, as Body was saying, I think we saw a little a little bump up in transaction count recently, which is yes. Nice. Uh, I I'll try to uh, I'll try to make. Uh, total uh, monetary transactions. Uh, I'm just uh, trying to s- search for service, or if not a service, I- I'll make a script that dumps uh, all the uh, transactions from the side that uh, Baldi was looking at, and uh, it uh, adds them up. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, man. Uh, let's 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 keep it moving. Thank you, comrade. We'll move on to the, I guess, viewers on stage with the news, right? Thank you. Sure, yeah. Thanks, comrade. Good stuff. Thank you, comrade. Stick around if you can. Um, yeah, let's let's get viewers on stage. Let's get some people up here, and then we'll All run right. to the news. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. All righty. You know the drill. You. If you want to come up, we got shortwave surfer. Guys, guys, like and share. We don't say that enough. We don't say that enough. Like and share the show. Um, oh, anybody else? You got anybody else? Yeah, Alaskan on or AKN on. Okay. One in the same. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> I just have to be on my phone. We're doing French toast this morning. Nice. <laughs> French toast for the Monero news. Alaskan, what, what do you think of this uh, Cuban Warriors proposal? Um well, I'd point out, number one, uh, th- he is not the first person to do this. He's not even the first person to do this in Cuba. But uh, we, uh, uh, th- this, this does look like he has a much more practical implication than what is done before. Um, people who have attempted this before, the, the power issue was a big issue because of the, the control of the infrastructure, like they were saying. Um, there are tricks that you can use with mirrors and solar panels, for example, um, that can hide solar panels from aircraft. Um, there are other things too, like there are lots of cars with lots of alternators there. Um, so like maybe your local mechanic is trying to fix something while the alternator is running and there's battery cables going to something below the car perhaps would be, uh, uh, but anyway, the, the main thing about all of that is there's a lot of things you can do to help projects like this with your own government um, because out of one side of all of these different countries mouths there uh, there's um, embargoes and so on but it's actually used to prop up the dictatorship they're at, you know they pretend to be on opposing teams but in reality they're on the same team because they use these embargoes, grid controls to maintain their control over the people. Um, and that's what it really is, as I always say, it's not this nation versus that, that nation, it's them against us, right? Um, so there's a couple of different ways that you can deal with this. For example, uh, why does the US Coast Guard arrest people that are getting too close to Cuba if, they have, if they're still in international waters? it makes it really difficult to get stuff to the coast of Cuba. Well, the reason that they're doing that isn't because they're trying to protect us from Cuba. They're doing it to protect Cuban f- people from freedom. 
Mm -hmm. right so then you have to swim a lot farther because of the u.s coast guard right um i mean there's there's a lot of things that could be done in our own nation to help the situation like for example uh microwave antennas can reach from u.s territory to in inland in the island and you could use all kinds of it or another one like he was saying starlink has been used by government officials since before you could buy it here in the U.S., they were using it in Cuba. But the same people won't provide Internet access to people in Cuba. And, you know, they might have their excuses like, oh, well, you know, we could lose our government contract. It's like, oh, the whole like $10,000 that the Cuban government uses. I mean, they could triple that with subscriptions from American Cubans paying for the Starlink connections in Cuba. But it's just another example of how what they're really what what Starlink is really afraid of losing is their dirty U.S. government money, because the U.S. government is in on it. The U.S. government is also trying to prevent these people from getting internet access. They have a lot to gain from maintaining these tyrannies all over the world. They have a lot to gain from manipulating people with their family being trapped on an island prison. Um, so, yeah, and I have a lot to say about that. But the truth is, is it's, it's all connected, right? Freedom for Cuba is freedom for the United States and freedom for the United States is freedom for Cuba. You know, the famous communist doctor, Martin Luther King, uh, slavery anywhere is slavery everywhere. Right. <laughs> so um, but outside of that, I would also point out that this uh, Tevador project that Comrade Blinn was talking about, it's it's a lot more important than people realize for people like uh, who might be based in, for example, Africa, where uh, older, lower powered devices are going to be the main means by which uh, commerce is done, right? Like it's, it's so easy to underappreciate how important it is to make extremely lightweight uh, means by which a person can transact and do it trustworthy and reliably because there's a huge financial incentive for somebody in Nigeria to rip you off for five bucks a Monero, right? Over here, we don't really have that problem because it'll take a guy 30, 40, 50 minutes to try to rip somebody off for two, three bucks in a transaction. But over there, you know, that's several hours wages. Or uh, over there, that's not only money, but it's money that's not connected to the World Bank, right? Which is a huge problem over there. I mean, we don't really deal with it. Um, but these these lightweight wallet projects are unbelievably important, you know, and it's one of the reasons why I was saying about the Monero Noto thing, like having plug and play hardware that you could get almost anywhere that can support all kinds of light wallets all over the place in your area would go a long, long way for adoption in places where it's needed the most. But I'll quit ranting because I'm sure there's other people want to talk. <laughs> oh, always good rants, though, man. Get on with the news. I need to yeah, let's, let's get on with the news. Run, run, maybe run the news segment and go ahead. Let's let's make it yep. official. And now for our weekly news segment. We got Tony up there. I don't know. We got we got to put Tux up there. I think uh, Tony. Tony's in my <laughs> yeah. No Tony today, unfortunately. Tony's <laughs> become a mysterious figure around here. Oh, yeah. Share your screen if you can. I don't even know what we got. I think I sent you some links. I don't know if we have anything yeah, else. You sent some links. Oh, that's not the way. Mm. So while you're while you're working on that, 
I took some Monero and I got some goldbacks and I got them in the mail and they are amazing. They're like little works of art. <laughs> of course. Well, where'd where you buy them? Monero market that I owe. Yeah, yeah, Monero market. They're super yeah, thin though. Like I got last week. I got the one. I got the one goldbacks and I got a couple of them to give away for gifts. And when I got them, they're so thin that I'm like, did the person only send me one? like? Did the person only send me one? And I pulled them out and no, nope, the right quantity was there, but they are so thin. I was not expecting that. Like, I think a dollar bill is thicker. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Yeah, the, um, the 50s are noti- notably thicker. I don't know if it, it's because it's, you know, when you think about the weight of something as dense as gold. Yeah. The, in order to make one gold backs worth one thousandth of an ounce, you have to spread it so thin to make it into something that resembles a dollar. You can literally see through it. Right. So have a lot of news, but this one is from uh, Doug posted. He reposted the fact that the Sarai announced that their new site is live. You can check it out right now. And Sarai will hopefully be um, a path forward from the centralized ways that a lot of people get crypto right now, especially Monero, as Monero has continually become banned on central exchanges. There's almost nowhere you can get Monero anymore um, in the U.S. and in uh, most first world European countries. So that is pretty awesome. It's the ride. Dex, it's basically, I mean, for those who are just hearing about it for the first time now, it's basically going to be similar to a Thor, Thor chain in the, in the way it functions. Uh, with liquidity pools so it's it's gonna feel pretty seamless in my understanding it's gonna feel like a centralized exchange it's not like atomic swaps uh where you have to bring two parties together and then you know go through the process uh the because of these liquidity pools you're gonna pretty much be able to instantaneously make an exchange from monero into bitcoin into uh ethereum stablecoin so i think i think this is Obviously, tremendous, tremendous project, and amazing to see that it's actually coming to fruition here. Of course, as always, thanks to Luke Parker for going crazy yeah. on the development, going ham. Maybe we'll have Luke on again soon. That'd when, be awesome. Once it actually launches, do we have a an idea of when it's actually going to launch? I know that they got this website up now, but I think there's is- some estimates before the end of this year, or like the beginning of next year, if I remember. Um, I don't quote me on that, but better to say later than sooner. Yeah. It's it's just amazing to me that Thorchain just never added Monero, right? Yeah, super would have would have been the perfect thing for. It. So lame, so lame, so lame. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we got the Constitution. The government evades. Oh yeah, I don't know if you took a look at it. If you want to go through that a little bit. Um... Six months ago, FBI officials boasted that in 2022 their agents had spied on only uh, only 120,000 Americans without search warrants. Under the Constitution, that number should be. This revelation is supposed to give members of Congress comfort that the folks we have hired to protect the Constitution are in fact doing so. In reality, the feds continue to assault and violate a core freedom protected by the Constitution, the right to be left alone. The reason for the FBI revelation in the pending expiration of Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act and the bipartisan animosity towards its extension. Section 702 is unconstitutional on its face as it directly contradicts the core language of the Fourth Amendment. It permits the feds to conduct warrantless surveillance on foreign persons who are either physically or digitally present in the United States and all with whom they communicate, including American citizens who are located here. Is yeah, there, is there anything more Orwellian than that sentence? 
or who are digitally present in the United States. <laughs> is that not the freakiest thing you've heard all day? Which is basically everyone, right? I mean, like at one point or another. Anybody that uses any that goes through any server that's you know hosted, which in, I mean in, is most of the internet, right? And so uh, they're looking to extend Section Seven Hundred Two, right? This is like some Patriot Act crap, warrantless surveillance. Yeah, and it, it's it's up, it's coming up in Congress for extension. I think it's it's being voted on. Just just disband the United States. That's the answer. <laughs> Rescind my citizenship. Uh... Rhino makes Enterprise Wallet free. Rhino today announced that it is making its Enterprise Wallet free to use. Today, we're announcing that Rhino Enterprise Wallet is free to use. Rhino's Enterprise Wallet enables financial industry best practices such as spending limits and 4i approvals. Organizations can sign up instantly and get started without having to deal with salespeople or subscription models. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Rhino Wallet is cool. Uh, it is one of the first wallets that supports uh, doing multi-sig for transactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty awesome and looks like they have made their enterprise wallets free and they already had some kind of free wallet but i guess it wasn't the enterprise specific version but now they do which is really cool uh they're doing have you tried that at all? i have used um some base version of rhino wallet just briefly uh and it's pretty cool uh it's it's not really if you're trying to use like a wallet personally it is it really is more designed for use case where you've got access control so multiple people can access the wallet and you've got um the multi-sig right so not just one person can spend but this is a really good wallet if you're uh trying to manage a business and you have a lot of monero going in and out and you have multiple people that need to be able to access that yeah this uh will one day be a tremendous asset i think to the to the community as we grow larger and we start to see monero businesses my my ceo called me and asked me to transfer five monero for an amazon gift card (laughs) (laughs) all right next we have oh yes uh somebody pointed out to me apparently i'm in this video uh mental outlaw did a video on monerica which is uh it's like a 40 minute long video um i'm sure most people know who mental outlaw is he's uh luke smith's doppelganger uh brown doppelganger and he makes a bunch of uh, privacy and techie videos and security videos. And somebody pointed out to me that around he was showing off hush picks. Can, can we can we play a clip? Oh, sorry, I didn't. My bad, I didn't switch to this tab. There we go. Okay. By the way, he would make a really good guest one of these days. Just saying. I've been trying forever, man, from the first day he mentioned Monero, but he uh, I don't know how to get in contact with him. Do you guys He's uh I don't know. I don't know. Like I've never I've never seen him. Like I've seen Luke Smith at various like, I've never seen this guy. Send send uh something over base.win. I think the there's a way to person... contact him there. Is there a way? I looked on there. I don't think there was a way to con I don't think there was a contact there. So I'll check it out again. I'll get a look at it and I'll talk like to you about it. Later. Market. Right, where he's selling stuff. That's working for Chuck. It's probably better to sell stuff for XMR on Hushpix than on OnlyFans because then it's not being traced. You know, maybe you have a change of heart later in life and you want to no longer work for Chuck. Well, if you were accepting payments in fiat, there's going to be a paper trail of that. Not with Monero. DJs can hire a DJ in Monero. Electricians, you can hire electricians in monero well at least in stockholm sweden so there you go if you're living in stockholm sweden and uh you just bought a house you can hire a carpenter and an electrician to do your renovations and pay them in monero look at that if you're a dark web kingpin and you're 
are looking to move somewhere, I guess Stockholm is the place to go to get your house renovated. And you can buy a car. Look at that. You're in the EU. Uh, buy yourself a fancy German car. Uh, let's see. Food and drink. So this this is great right here. Um, you've got, what are these? Some type of energy bars. Oh, these are actually really good. This actually we we sell those on gratuitous as well. Uh, yeah, that's buy. right. You guys do now. Yeah, these are really good. I'll try to find a specific part. Saying, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Who... Ah, yes, there I am. I'm on a mental ally video. <laughs> somebody actually, somebody actually messaged me. They were like, "Hey, what, what are you doing on Hush Picks?" Like just out of the blue, <laughs> I saw you in the mental outlaw video, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, uh, that was funny. Um, but yeah, he's he's. And, and we all we all know your password to Hush Picks too, because you exposed it during during the last. Yeah, episode. which is why I don't like the uh, the yeah. Uh, have we have we seen any good hush picks recently? Uh, I don't know. It's Maybe. mostly just uh, it's NSFW. Oh, it is. It's our. It's already oh, yeah. made. It's... Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's we, all, we, we there's got to actually, check it out before it was destroyed. <laughs> there's a, there's actually a whole section on MoneroMarket.io for NSFW stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, XMR Bazaar will have a digital digital downloads, right, Tux? That's correct. Um, hush picks. I it. I think it's, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal the way the way they they made it. I think it's nice and simple. Um, I think it, I think we might see that take off. But anyway, great seeing that supported, and glad he's he's taking the time to show it off. And, and yeah, but Erica, uh, he's showing off. Erica, yep. Fantastic. Yep. All right, what else we got? Is that about it? it? Um, I think. Oh, we got a couple more here. Oh, by the way, uh, you know how earlier we were talking about ways to generate Monero. For the uh, Cuban people, um, hush picks is actually a great way because Cubans are absolutely beautiful people. Okay, I'll shut up now. <laughs> Get the word out. All right, yeah, that one. So, that was one way. Yeah, it's not. It's not the recently. Apparently, Honda. You can now purchase cars from Honda. Uh, lots of crypto. Except Ripple. And, and this one. This one for some reason. In the headline, it's Ripple and Shib. I, I I don't know why that's in the headline. Um, but if you scroll down, they tell you all the ones you actually can: Bitcoin, Ethereum. Well, definitely Binance not Monero. Coin. Like Monero is essentially no, not Monero. Japan. It's it's not listed on any. Uh, and of course, a bunch of Ethereum token. Um, but that that's interesting. Uh, if, I, I guess they're hoping that with the best next bull market, when people make it big with their, uh, they can spend that money on a Honda. So. Well, yeah. I could just take my Monero and go to trocador.app and swap it for Bitcoin or whatever and then have it sent directly to Honda for my new oh, Honda. Your Honda Civic with Monero? Yeah. yeah. Or just, you know, go go buy a car directly from somebody with Monero. Right. I was going to say, or just don't buy Honda. have a bunch of spyware, but new cars, they all spy on you. Um, respect, major respect lost for, for Japan when they delisted Monero on all exchanges. The people there still use it a lot, though. That's for sure. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Is that what's? Is, oh, is, that, is Monero? Oh, going yeah. On? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's alive and well. I mean, think about how many people buy things in Japan, like using Monero. It's it's just as popular as it was before the delisting. Yeah, I have no insight into that. Maybe maybe we get somebody from Japan to come on. But if that. but if yeah. things are delisted and they're illegal, then then nobody uses them. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my vetting process. I wait for something to become illegal before I'm interested in it. <laughs> That's a good vetting process, actually. What else? Was that it? Is that all the news for the day? That looks like it was about it. 
All right. All right, guys. Um, we're actually over two hours in. Anything else you guys want to bring up? Or is anybody else that wants to jump on right now? Had a pretty long show here. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, let's let's wrap it up there so we can all continue on with our our day. Alaska A I can go eat his French toast. I'm gonna go eat my scrambled eggs, and we will see you next week. We do this show same time every week, Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern. Thanks to all. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey. Or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.